We have Zoe, who's a Canadian writer and comedian living in London currently. She's just released her debut comedy album titled Dearly Deported, and I'm very thrilled to have her telling a story here today. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll start off by telling you I... Um, there we go. I, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a believer in fairy tale endings, and I never have been. Uh, growing up, Disney films, uh, the, the evil witch, the poison apple, none of that scared me. What really scared me was when the prince and the princess walked happily off into the sunset. I didn't buy it. And this was confirmed when I turned seven and my parents got divorced. Officially over. The fairy tale ending off the table. That's for movies and people with hope. And I was fine believing that for a long time um, until the first time I fell in love, uh, which was not a fairy tale, but taught me something about what it is to feel love and what it is to be romantic. Uh, me and my first boyfriend in 2017, we moved in together and we had this very passionate, explosive relationship that ended equally explosively when I found out that he had been cheating on me the whole time we were together. It was devastating. I was so broken. And uh, just around the time that we broke up when he moved out, my older sister, Brooklyn, announced her engagement, uh, which I think she did on purpose. Um, <laughs> and uh, being her only sister, she asked me to be her maid of honor. And I said, no. And she, <laughs> and she said, please. And I said, OK, because I'm a great person. And uh, the wedding was going to be here in Amsterdam because she was engaged to a Dutchman. And um, it was 2017, the, they announced the engagement. The wedding would be in 2018. And that was just a year of forced joy. And I wanted to be joyful. It's an exciting thing when someone gets engaged. There were parties and flowers and dresses. And I had lost all of this depression weight. So I was super skinny and I could fit into these ridiculous dresses. And a part of me was really starting to get excited and I was able to push down that sadness that I'd gone through during the breakup. Uh, and as time and time grew closer, it was getting more and more exciting. We had booked our flights, we had booked our hotels, they were still engaged, we all thought maybe, maybe not. Um, <laughs> It was going to happen, uh, and we all got on our flights. I remember I flew over with a friend of my sister's, and the, the day before the flight, we had a little party, and then the party carried on to the airport, and we were drinking red wine and taking sleeping pills, and then suddenly we were waking up in a new country, and I was craving pot brownies and new experiences, and we left Schiphol Airport, and we found our hotel, and I was carrying my very fancy dress and went to find my family, my mother, my father, my brother, my 94-year-old grandmother. Everybody came. It was going to be this big, beautiful Jewish wedding. Uh, and there was one hitch, uh, and that was that the, 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 the venue for the wedding, um, which was this beautiful hotel in Wester Park called Hotel Arena, they had um, messed up the... Uh, the, the service outside, which is going to be in the courtyard, and they had double booked the venue, and my sister stroked out, and then we said, it's going to be okay. Uh, and they were able to move some things around, and to make up for this blunder, they supplied the wedding with this incredible array of flowers, and, and incredible because the flowers matched the palette of the bridesmaids' dresses to make this incredible fairy tale like 
image where we all sort of glowed. It was in the middle of a heat wave. Everyone was sort of naturally dewy. And it created this just sparkling day. It was truly exquisite. Even me, the depressed sister who wears too much black, pushing down her depression, I was dazzled. Um, and nervous, you know, it's, it's, it's an anxiety-inducing thing to go to a wedding as a single person, especially when you're the maid of honor and especially when it's your sister. Um, and it just so happened that there was another single person at the wedding uh, who was the best man. Uh, and you know, Dutch guys, right? The thing about Dutch guys, <laughs> they're tall. <laughs> and that's it. But I was really sad, so that was enough. <laughs> And he had this sort of, uh, aside from the heat glow, he had this sort of glow about him as well. He had also just come out of a horrible breakup and we, we talked a lot during the wedding and he told me about this experience he had been going through and I told him about my experience and we were kind of hiding from the rest of the party and all the love and in our little cynical corner and, and, and we danced a little cynically and, and, <laughs> and had this sort of bitter dance and it was, it was, it was kind of sexy and kind of scary and <laughs> And great, and, and uh, great, this is lovely. I'm distracted from this wedding where I might have a nervous breakdown. I, this is taking my mind off of it. And, and it worked. And at the end of the night, uh, he proposed that we go find an after party. And so a group of us went to a club. And then a smaller group of us went to a better club. And, <laughs> and we danced. Uh, and I, I remember um, looking up at him at one point. I, I ditched my heels and was wearing flats. So I was looking up at him and um, I did my best. I, I stood on my tiptoes and I, I went to kiss him and it wasn't a great kiss. <laughs> it, was a, it was an awkward kiss. It was like a sort of we just met each other four hours ago kiss. Um, but we both kind of thought, screw it, let's go with it. And uh, we left the club and we walked back to his Airbnb and um, he's older and had this authority about being older and suggested that we uh, take a shower, which just, <laughs> that did it for me. Um, so we took a shower and then, and then we slept together. And then we both woke up the next morning with text messages from the entire wedding party saying, where are you? What's happened? Are you okay? Uh, because apparently we were the only two people missing from the wedding brunch that was happening <laughs> right then and there. Uh, so we didn't show up for that. We went for our own breakfast. Um, and then I did an epic walk of shame in the fabulous dress that I was wearing back to the hotel to my sister's crossed arms and stern looks, but happil happily cheeked face uh, at what had happened. Um, and that was it. I was so happy. I'd done the honorable thing and had sex with this man, and now <laughs> I was going <laughs> to go home <laughs> a happy woman one night stand complete. Um, but it wasn't over for him. Uh, and he took my number and uh, started texting me, <laughs> which was rude. Um, and I texted back. And then the texting turned into phone calls. And then the phone calls turned into FaceTiming every single day. And he would ask me questions like, what are you up to? <laughs> and how was your day? And this didn't work for me because I was supposed to be depressed. And suddenly I was gaining back my depression weight and I didn't like that. And the whole thing was very upsetting. And uh, as upset as I was getting, I was also falling madly in love with this man. And we joked, we joked, you know, he lives in 
Holland. I live in Canada. Uh, we joked, and I was like, wouldn't it be funny if you came to Canada and, like, surprised my, my family? And he was like, that would be funny. And then he booked a plane ticket. <laughs> and suddenly I had a boyfriend. And suddenly he was in Canada meeting all of my friends and my family. And, and this insane romantic thing was just washing over me over and over and over again. But that was it, you know? Summer was coming to a close. He was going to go back to Holland. That would be it. Um, and at the very end of his trip to Canada, he asked if I would move to the Netherlands to be with him. And I said, no. And he said, please. And I said, okay. And, <laughs> and so we did a bit of ping pong. I would come for a month and see the country and see where he lived and see if maybe this could work. And then I'd go back to Canada, back to reality and slip back into my life. And more and more, I would give pieces of myself to him, willingly, joyfully. He loved me. I loved him. It made sense. Who needed a career or friends or comedy or my family in Canada? I could go and be in love with this tall, beautiful man who looked like a retired superhero. It <laughs> made sense. <laughs> and so on my 29th birthday in uh, 2019, I decided to move. I packed up all my things, and moved to Harlem um, to be with him and his roommate, uh, <laughs> who, who he liked to call his daughter. And um, we lived together in their house, and that was really hard. <laughs> uh, she was four years old, and she didn't speak any English because she's four, and I don't speak any Dutch because that's a waste of time. But she would... <laughs> She would speak Dutch to me. We had our own language, you know. Um, <laughs> we made it work. It was hard, but we made it work. We kind of learned each other. Uh, we went to Italy together, the three of us. That was weird. Um, <laughs> I had inserted myself in a family that I did not really belong in yet, uh, and I was really trying to earn that. But you know, when you move to a new country where you don't speak the language and you don't have a job and you don't have friends, it's kind of difficult. And. <laughs> And we really wanted to make it work. And my sister at this point was pregnant with her first baby. And it was a really hard pregnancy for me also. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was pregnant for like 11 months. It was a long time. Uh, and then she had her baby. And it was beautiful. But it was also a very, very hard delivery. And I wanted to be there for her. And I also wanted to do comedy. I love telling jokes. I love entertaining people. And that took me further and further away from the relationship. But we wanted it to work. We really did. Uh, and he kept asking me, are you happy here? Do you want to be here and I would say yes but think no and but I would say yes and he th also thought no but would say yes and we kept kind of lying to each other in order to make it work because love we wanted love to win because love is supposed to win at the end of the fairy tale right that's how that goes and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse uh, and then suddenly it kind of flipped around in January of uh, 2020, four days after New Year's. He did the unduchest thing. <laughs> he got down on one knee and, uh, and proposed. And then COVID hit. And so we extended the engagement and, you know, got to know each other better physically. <laughs> and, um, and I'm expecting our first child uh, early next year. Um, we're going to call him Evan. <laughs> um, Except I told you at the beginning of the story that I don't believe in fairy tale endings, so that's not true. Um, four days after New Year's, we broke up, and this is COVID weight that I'm still trying to lose. <laughs> uh, and that's a sad ending, I know. Um, but I will tell you, I still go to weddings uh, when I'm invited. <laughs> 
and I, I tell everybody to go to weddings and, and to meet people and try uh, because I absolutely do not believe in fairy tale endings, uh, but I do believe in fairy tale beginnings. So thank you. <laughs>